Welcome to episode 82 of Monday State of Mind. My name is Michael Mazel, and I'm the Director of Alumni and Recovery Support Services for the Harmony Foundation. If you have been following me and listening to the episodes following up to today, you know how much this topic, this present topic, lights me up. We are in the middle of November, and I believe that we have had some incredible conversations so far with Ed and Mary talking about intimacy in recovery, what that looks like, how do we even navigate it, how do we build that confidence, like all the things. And today, get ready for another epic, wicked, awesome, life-changing conversation, all right? Because you guys, check it. I am building your resource bank with so much goodness as it pertains to intimacy and sobriety because The end goal is for you guys to become so confident in who you are and to be able to, again, change your mindset about it. Again, you know, this podcast is called Monday State of Mind. We really want you to change your mindset to be able to work for you and not against you so that you can continue to thrive in all aspects of your life. We only have two more episodes left on this topic. I know, I'm sad. And I know you're probably sad too, but you know, maybe we'll bring it back. So I hope you're ready. Take a deep breath, get present with me, whatever it is you're doing. And I just got a seed who's coming on today. And of course I will let her introduce herself because that's what we do here. But this woman, powerhouse, two words, powerhouse. And when I got all excited for this topic, I was like, this woman is going to know how to talk about this because of the work that she does in recovery with women, how she is a champion to be able to give women, especially, and probably men too, let's be real. I'm sure she talks to a lot of men too, but gives them incredible tools, just like intimacy. Like she really does help women and so many humans gain that confidence that they need in recovery. Without further ado, could you please let everybody know who you are? Sure. Um, My name is Erin Rasmussen, and I am the owner and executive director of Zen Mountain Sober Living for Women in (laughs) Denver, Colorado. So, Erin, tell me, you know, I approached you about intimacy and recovery, and this is a topic that I'm sure, you know, people wonder about, people have so many questions about, but they don't know who to talk to, or they feel weird and uncomfortable even talking about it, right? And so when I bring up the words intimacy and sobriety, what immediately comes to mind for you with that? I think just the authenticity of the relationships that we get to have in recovery. I think that when we're trying to escape reality, when we're trying to numb ourselves and escape the pain of regular, when when we're drinking and using out there, um, we're missing the connections, the social connections that we need as people to thrive. And so I didn't plan on doing this this early in the conversation, but it just popped into my head. So I'm going to say it before I forget, but there is a book called Lost Connections and it's actually, it's by Johan Hari, I think. 
and it's it's on my bookshelf. That's why I'm like looking up there. But, um, it is about how the opposite of depression and the opposite of addiction is connection. And so when we build these intimate relationships, a lot of what keeps us sober is that feeling of being connected, of, of belonging, of having these intimate relationships with other humans and being able to discover more about ourselves, more about the world, more about our spirituality with other people. I mean, life's not really worth experiencing if you're not experiencing sharing that with other people. I'm like, that's so good. So like Erin, you know, you being, being a human in recovery for you with intimacy, I would love to ask you, you know, I'm going to take you back years ago to when you first got sober and what were some of the stories that you told yourself about what you maybe thought intimacy was, as opposed to now you're like, it's totally different than what I used to think it was maybe even in your active addiction before you got sober and you were able to experience true connection? I honestly don't really think I ever really understood. I had some intimate relationships throughout my life, but there were, they were very far and few between. Most of what I thought intimacy was, it was so elusive that I didn't really even get how much I could enjoy that type of closeness with somebody. And I think the first time I really, we all had like a best friend or two at like most points in our life, no matter what we were doing. And I think that intimacy wasn't really that important to me because every time I had gotten close to people in the past, it didn't last for one reason or another because of a geographical change or because um, I had a falling out with that person. Um, what, what, is, what is interesting, I'm going to tell you guys a little story that when I was in um, my first year of college, I met a girl my age was also a freshman and her name's Lindsay. And Lindsay and I were immediately like inseparable. We also had a third friend that we were really good friends with. And the three of us really, we went everywhere together and did everything together. And Lindsay and I kind of had a falling out the year after that. And we did not speak for probably seven years. And during that time, you know, she actually developed an addiction to heroin and I became a drug addict and an alcoholic myself. And she got into recovery long before I did. I got into recovery about five years, four years after she did. And, but then once I got sober and I had been sober for about eight or nine months, we managed somehow to reconnect. And as soon as we did that, that connection that we had built all those years before that, it came right back. It was almost as if we had never even left each other like that closeness and being able to tell each other anything and being able to like really truly understand each other. I think it took both of us, especially me to get to a place of that forgiveness and, and patience, tolerance, all these, all these values that we talk about as being cornerstones in recovery. It really took me latching onto those and, and realizing like, Hey, like I forgive for me. I forgive for, you know, all the reasons other than like the benefit of that person. But really what that did for me is it opened my heart back up to like my soulmate best friend that I like ever had in my entire life. And today we're, we're incredibly close again. I mean, I call her my very best friend and that's pretty amazing. That's a pretty amazing story about how recovery can bring people together. 
And so I think that that's been the greatest gift to me of recovery is being able to have these authentic connections with other people. Relationships that I had before I got sober that I thought were intimate relationships were really not that intimate at all. They were more relationships of convenience rather than I see you, you see me, and we both see each other and we understand each other. So I don't know if that kind of answers the question. I know I got, got oh. went way off on a tangent. Oh, over, no. But, um, I, I love I love that angle. And what I love that you said, and what is so cool is that Mary and Ed both said the same thing about intimacy is that into me, I see, or like, I really see you and you really see me for who I am. That's such a driver. I feel like behind that word intimate is like really choosing to see someone instead of just having the intimacy, thinking that it's just a physical touch or it's a need instead of it being like the physicality or need, which are also really great aspects of intimacy. But it's really about that heart soul. Like you were just saying at your core, the intimacy of knowing somebody, right? Yeah. And I think the huge difference too, for me is that The opposite of intimacy is that relationship of convenience, right? Or the relationship of what can we do for each other, which is really more of like a business relationship, if you think about it, than a personal intimate relationship with somebody. Because even in business relationships, we like to do business with people that we like. We like to do business with people we trust. We like to do business with people where we're going to scratch their back and they're going to scratch ours. Right. And so like, if you think about like an insurance salesperson, cause you know, some of us have to buy health insurance, car insurance. I mean, most of us buy some kind of insurance. So like your relationship with your insurance agent is you're going to pay him money, help, help pay his salary. And he's going to get you outfitted with the policy where if something really, really bad happens to you, you're going to be safe. And all of that loss that you experience is going to be covered, is going to be absorbed by somebody else. And so there's like a symbiotic relationship between those two people. But an intimate relationship is not about what I can do for you or or about what you can do for me. It's about that soulful connection of being understood. I think we all want to be understood. And I think we all want to understand other people too. And I think a lot of the loneliness we feel in addiction is, is just because we don't feel heard. We don't feel understood. We feel alone. And so as soon as we start to break free of those chains, we're like, oh my gosh, I can have true friendships where I'm not being taken advantage of and I'm not being exploited and I'm not being just used for what I can do for people. It's about people valuing me. And right then, you know, we see the self-worth come back, the self-esteem, the confidence, all that stuff that we lost. It's amazing. I love this angle and I love how you're bringing it into the friendship level too. Cause I think some, like you said, so many of us have friends because we think we need them. Like it's a need right. thing and it's not a deeper level of intimacy. And so let me ask you, Aaron, since you have actively chosen or you feel like you have felt a shift in how you view your friendships, even like your intimate relationship, what has that done for you and for your life when you choose to actually get intentional about who is in your life and choosing to have, like you stated in the beginning, that connection, what has that done for you? Um, it's made my life whole. 
but there were so many things missing from my life before I got sober. I mean, yes, like all of the things that like make me feel good were missing. Financial stability was missing. I was just missing out on so much love I could have in my life. I was missing out on happiness. I battled mental health issues my entire life. I was missing out on the peace that I found on the other side of a whole shit ton of trauma therapy. There were so many things that I was missing out on before that I think the values of recovery drove me towards having all of those things fulfilled in my life. And so I was engaged when I got sober and the next year I married that man. And then a couple of years later, we were divorced because I had all of these new values that were driving my behavior, but we were growing in different directions. And so it was a big deal for me to be spiritual, to have a relationship with what I choose to call God or a higher power or the universe or whatever you want to call it. And he was not. And I was driven towards doing the right thing and being honest and and self-improvement, working on myself. And he was more uh, vocationally inclined. I don't know how to say it, but he placed a lot of value in his success on his career. And should I do too? I don't know anybody that, that doesn't place some pretty extreme value on their job. That's how I survive. That's how we all survive. But it just was a very different dynamic than the dynamic I found in my work husband. I called him my work husband for a long time because he does men's homes and I do women's homes. And we built a really intimate friendship. First off, we were not romantic or sexual at all in the beginning. And our relationship became more intimate than my relationship with my husband. And I'm going at a certain point, I'm going, there's something wrong with this. And so what ended up just naturally happening, I started really trusting in that thing that's bigger than me a lot more than I trusted myself. I tend to, instead of resisting things that pop up in front of me, I became a yes person. And so I just did what I thought was the next right thing. And we got divorced and it was really the best thing for both of us. At the end of the day, he really wanted children. I really didn't want any of my own. And he just got married again and their plan is to have children. So he gets to have that life that he's always wanted. And I get to have my life with my partner now who is not just my work husband, but is now my like real life fiance. And that just happened organically. Like, I don't think you really choose to start having intimate relationships if you are doing recovery, right? I don't know if that makes sense. No, it does. I totally feel you on that. And so one of the last questions I wanted to ask you is to the women or the men that are listening to this podcast and they're struggling because some people getting into recovery or whether they're in recovery or not, you know, you're right, right, Aaron, like they struggle with just being exactly who they are and like trusting that there are people out there that are waiting to have them in their lives if they just choose. And I will say the word surrender to just being exactly who we are, because when we show up exactly as who we are, that's where intimacy in my mind can start because we are exposing all of us. And so what would you say to those people that might struggle with that? That might be like, I don't know how to do that. Or I'm scared that someone's going to break me, or I'm scared that someone's going to shit on me. I'm scared that it's not happening for me. Mm -hmm. 
First of all, I think that when you're getting your feet wet in recovery, I mean, that really that first six months, I mean, I could get all like old school AA and don't have a romantic relationship for the first year, but the recovery is not one size shoe fits all feet. It's just not. But when you're first getting your feet wet in recovery, I think it is really useful to try or let some intimate relationships develop in your life before any romantic relationships, because yes, romantic relationships should be somewhat intimate after some time has passed, but that's not what true intimacy is by definition. Intimacy is just that emotional closeness with somebody. And to have that romantically, I think you have to practice I think it can be really problematic when the only intimacy you can achieve is with a romantic partner, because if you don't have a romantic partner at that point in your life, which chances are like, especially with like the success rate of romantic relationships and marriages, just in general, there are going to be times in your life where you do not have a romantic partner. What are you going to do then? Who's going to be there for you? Who are you going to talk to about really what troubles you deep in your soul? What if you aren't a 12-step person and you don't have a sponsor or a recovery coach to unload all that shit onto it? I think that intimacy itself, it's good to practice those things before you apply them to romantic relationships and establish lots of intimate relationships. Intimacy, so many of us think it's about an intimate partner and the fact that you bring it back to, it's not just about a partner. It's about friendships, multiple intimate friendships. That is a huge story to change for so many people. Cause I didn't know that that's what intimacy was until I got into sobriety. I thought intimacy was just that sexual act or the physical touch. I didn't know that it could be a part of friendships. And now when I look at my friendships, I have quality over quantity and the quality friendships I have are super freaking intimate. It's like, we go deep. I think you hit the nail, right? Because there are those two types, maybe more, maybe I'm kind of missing the boat on some more different types, but there are those two types, right? Emotional intimacy and physical or sexual intimacy. And so that sexual intimacy is important to romantic relationships but the emotional intimacy is just as important. One kind of begets the other in a romantic relationship. Like eventually, if you stay together long enough, you're going to have both, right? I mean, or you should, hopefully. Hopefully, if you don't have both after a year, you're calling it quits because it's not a very fulfilling romantic relationship. But I think the words you said a few minutes ago, just really, I was like, aha, that's it. Is oh, quality over quantity. Well, quality over quantity and just surrender. It's so hard to do that though, when you don't have that security in yourself yet. For me, it took a very long time for me to learn how to love myself and to really believe that I was worth someone's time. I was worth loving. I was very lovable. I was enough. I was a good person because I had done all of the actions to the contrary of those ideas for so long. I think it's really, really hard when you're like, God, I'm just still such a piece of crap. I haven't really changed that much. How could anybody ever accept me for just who I am? Like, how can I be this authentic person when I don't believe that there's anything really that great about that? And I just think you got to trust the process and just 
surrender because those people that you want in your life, that you want the intimate relationships with, are going to accept you for the good, the bad, and the ugly. I don't really want to have people in my life where I'm going to share my deepest, darkest junk with, and they're going to be like, oh, no, thank you. Like, I don't want judgmental people in my life anyways. And so the more I can be myself and just see, you know, like attracts like. And so if I can just put my true self out there, I'm going to attract more of that into my world. I'm a huge believer in the law of attraction. So if you crave that intimacy with other people, with other people, whether they're male or female, your same gender or not, whether they're straight or not, or gay or lesbian or transgender, whether they're Christian, it doesn't even what race they are. It doesn't matter. If you crave that intimate connection with other people, you will attract the people that have a similar soul and outlook upon life and values that you do. All you have to do is just be yourself. Erin, I am so grateful for your time and for your wisdom and your shared experience uh, on Monday's State of Mind. Oh, thank you so much for being well, here. Well, thank and- you for having me. This was really a fun thing to like come back from vacation to. And so nice to see you again. It's been so long since I've seen you and um, gosh, we got to go out and get coffee and build some more intimacy into our relationship. So I know, I, I, know. I, was, thinking, to that I was just too. thinking the same. I'm like, dude, yeah. I got to hit up Aaron. Aaron, my woman, how would you like people to get in touch with you? Would you mind sharing if people, if what you said resonated or they just want to get to know you or what you do more, how can they get a hold of you? Best way, honestly, is just to text me or call me on my cell phone because I have a Facebook, but I have one of those personality types. What is it called? An addictive personality where if I get on (laughs) Facebook for like an hour, I will spend seven hours the rest of the week on it. So I don't do Facebook a lot. I don't do Instagram. I'm even not very good at email. So my cell phone is the easiest way to reach me. That number is 435 six, four, zero, six, eight, two, four. And we will put that in the show notes for all of you guys. And again, Aaron, thank you so much for being here on Monday state of mind. I am so grateful for you. Oh, I'm so grateful that you asked me to be here. Um, thank you so much for having me. I felt really flattered and privileged that you asked me. So guys, this is how we do get out there, go slay your mother effing day. I want to go ahead and end this episode by reminding you that if you or someone you know is struggling with addiction, please call the Harmony Foundation at 866-686-7867. Recovery is a journey and Harmony gives you the map. We'll see you next week.